0: Welcome to Is It Fast Live, the weekly magazine program brought to you by the people behind Is It Fast Media, Is It Fast TV, Is It Fast Sport, and all the other Is It Fast brands that we like to show off and brag about, where we handpick the best news from the world of motorsport, automotive, sometimes we talk about boats, today we're talking about things that go in the air, and we have absolutely zero automotive mechanical skill. I'll give you an example. Today I'm proud of myself because I changed my own windscreen wipers on my Volvo V70 workhorse. So well done to me. But thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching us, hello. If you're listening to us, also hello. Hello. And yes, hello, hello. Uh, The hello is universal regardless of what sensory usage of tool that God gave us to uh, absorb the beauties of I'm rambling Uh, and because I do ramble I'm not on my own to keep the tax man confused we have another person called Stuart who keeps the rudder going in a perpendicular motion on is it fast live
1: hi Stu hi Stu yeah I'm definitely here to keep it between the navigational buoys that's kind of (laughs) really what I'm about here but no I'm very impressed that you managed to change the windscreen wipers on your
0: car well done it sounds like one of those easy jobs you never pay halfords two quid more per screen oh, wiper. no way no exactly you just think that's, listen
1: that's just definitely handed your man card right now there's, <laughs> ex- there's no yeah. point in doing that
0: exactly exactly yeah. uh so i got my brand new bosch windscreen wipers delivered i did it myself Um, But they can sometimes be a little bit fiddly. But nevertheless, fear not, listener, we've managed to uh, get that done. What can you expect from the show today? Well, it's all very exciting as per usual. We are exploring the very first flying car race that has happened on this planet. I say that with an asterisk because there might have been others. Uh, We talk about the brand new Toyota Igo, Apollo, Apollo. 13 unlucky for some but it was visionary we talk about the apollo e-vision s there was a small very small motor race at the weekend we have a little chat about what that means for f1 sticking with f1 we talk about a brand new watch that celebrates one of the best races of all time without further ado should we start with something very exciting? This is very, very exciting.
1: I found this really exciting when we saw this. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go with this one.
0: Let's go with this one. Uh, so competition, uh, as a human race, we enjoy it. We find new ways of competing with each other all the time. And there is a brand new competitive motorsport field. Uh, this week, we saw the very first, and this is incredible. We saw the very, very first Airspeeder drag race. So, Airspeeder is exactly what it sounds like and exactly what it is on the tin. It is the world's first flying car racing series, uh, and they provided a taste of this week of what to expect. Uh, they released a new video showing two teams contesting a drag race, which sounds bonkers, and I'll tell you for why. Because it is. Uh, so, two speeders from two teams. A uh, team, a louder aeronautics. Uh, who manufactured the four motor, four rotor machine, uh, battled it out in the South Australian desert. So, Team Bravo was led by uh, technical project manager Brett Hill, while Team Alpha, so those were the two teams, uh, were led by operations manager or pilot, whatever, Rene Frazier. So, these two teams. Battled it out, uh, very much a concept uh, and a proof of concept of what we are going to see in 2022. Uh, But it's the very first EXA season uh, next year, which will serve as a feeder series for the forthcoming Airspeeder Racing Series, where crude electric flying cars will race at venues across the globe so the the two air speeders or pod racers for you star star wars fans out there because they are essentially pod racers Uh, these ones were unmanned um 129 brake horsepower powertrain they are electric vertical and takeoff and landing vehicles so civilian harrier jump jets uh, and they're a hundred kilograms without a human being in them, uh, and that's what uh, that's what battled it out. And very, very exciting. Uh, they basically have um, these kind of weird uh, boundary technology, which you can see as a uh, spectator, but also keeps people safe because it means the computers know not to go outside of those uh, boundaries. So very, very exciting. Um, are we? <laughs> I mean, it's air speeders.
1: What the hell? Yeah, this is phenomenal. It is basically the the pod racing from *Phantom Menace*. In reality, it is, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, drag racing in the sky. What's not to love? Uh, We've always said this, that uh, automators and companies seem downright determined to make flying cars, regardless of limitations and dangers that there really is out there. There's been countless concepts and um, plenty of promises, yet this seems to be quite a leap forward for me uh, as well. they are not got wheels on them, so I'm not sure if the idea behind calling them cars is quite there. But this is very, very cool. That really reminds me of the flying vehicles that you got in the latest Blade Runner film, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Very, very cool. And even just to see them taking off uh, around the desert, the, the dust and the sand kind of all building up, I, I'd love to see this as real grid racing. And yeah, who knows where hopefully well will in the future.
0: Yeah, apparently next year um manned versions of these are going to be racing around the world uh sounds dangerous probably is dangerous that's why these first few tests are unmanned but 150 160 kilometers an hour four-way rotor blades tracking off across the quarter mile for their first kind of trek into competitive racing the crews got very excited which Uh, I think is fair enough. Well done, obviously, to Team Bravo, who managed to take the inaugural win in the inaugural race. Got themselves a nice wooden propeller as a trophy, which uh, is fair enough. Uh, So very, very smart. So very exciting, obviously. It follows in the footsteps, I suppose, to a degree of drone racing, but this is human size. Uh, And the other interesting types of sport and motorsport that seem to be coming out over the next few years we've had we've got e-series all-electric powerboat racing we've had extreme e make its debut this year with four-wheel drive uh, electric cross-country racing and then as we head into the future we've got e-scooter racing so there's all sorts of weird and wonderful additions to your more traditional motorsport on two and four wheels which i am all for i think it really does first of all it there's just more excuses for people like us to sit in front of the TV or go and watch these things which is awesome uh, but also there's it just surely the breadth and and width and breadth of innovation as a result of these championships is really what it's about motorsport has always been a place of innovation and change which trickles down eventually to us normies but what do you think at home tell us Are you excited that there are these four-bladed electric uh, airspeeders flying cars? As you say, there's no wheels on them, so I'm not entirely sure what makes them flying cars. But are you excited about this? Is this something that you've seen already? Are you excited about it coming to television sets near you soon and or tablets and phones? Uh, Or is this just something that's just a bit weird and rubbish and quite niche and you're not going to bother watching? Tell us what you think. It seems to have quite a bit backing already from companies and uh, And businesses, so looks like a bright future. I
1: imagine, yeah, here to stay. I think so.
0: I think so too. And you don't, uh, nobody crashed on the on the first run, which is always a good thing. You don't want someone crashing uh, on the inaugural race. So that's um, well, if they did crash, we didn't see it. So that that has to be. Positive and talking of positives, it is Movember. Those of you listening won't be able to see Stuart's beautifully shaven face, sporting only what could be described as a tash <laughs> from Australia from 1987. Uh, but for those of you watching, uh, well, you can see what's going on in front of you. But if you are waiting for things your tash to grow during Movember, then we have a series of uh, informative videos to help you uh, pass the time while your Mo is growing. Here is such a video.
1: Concentration on my face. I do want to point out that I didn't have to Google how to iron a shirt <laughs> um, yeah. to do that.
0: Yeah. So while you're waiting for your motor to grow, why not iron iron that big pile of clothing that has been waiting to be done uh, never fails to put a smile on my face that that video uh, our very own stew ironing a shirt uh, for exactly the length of time it takes to grow a mo but of course there is a serious message behind it uh, this is the month of november do what you can to help a bro in mo november uh, all the donation uh, details are slathered around our social media pages uh, stew who has been an ambassador for 12 years 12 years, raised thousands of thousands of pounds. Uh, And because we know things are a little tight, particularly this time of the year, and for all of us in general, because of the last 12 months, uh, never fear, don't help. It doesn't always come in the the form of cash money. Uh, Even if you just share the videos that are posted around uh, our Facebook, Instagram, and I think uh, on the website as well, potentially, uh, then that is doing more than enough. Uh, We can only be better together. So thank you very much for everyone who gets involved. Thank you very much. On with the show. And Toyota this week gave us uh, what we've all been waiting for, which is the brand new iGo X. Uh, They did give us a very sneaky preview a few months ago uh, about how this could possibly look, but the final version looks very similar to the iGo that it replaces. But I think is pretty smart. So the new iGo X, as the X suggests, uh, is a urbanisation, uh, a mini SUV, if you will, of the iGo. Uh, it takes over from the more conventional predecessor as the smallest model in Toyota's lineup. So it sits just beneath the Yaris. Uh, The Igo X is 325 millimeters longer than the Igo that came before it, 3,700 millimeters. And the wheelbase is 90 millimeters longer. So it is a slightly chunkier, bigger motor, but still pretty teeny tiny. Uh, But you do get 60 liters of additional boot space. So there you go. Cars are getting bigger, even the smaller ones. Uh, the The Kygo, that's a good name for it kind of mixing cargo with iGo there in my head somewhere. Uh, the iGo X's cabin maintains um, quite a focus on being utilitarian, so relatively uh, not sparse, but there's not a lot going on to distract you on the inside, uh, which is not a bad thing. Uh, but it does have uh, the updated nine-inch infotainment touchscreen and digital climate control panel, bringing it Bang up to date with most other things in the Toyota range. Uh, It's got wireless smartphone charging and ambient lighting, among other standard features. It's a small car, it's a city car. It is there to be uh, resourceful, but also pretty good on the old wallet, which means prices will start at around about £14,000, which makes it a pretty close rival for the Hyundai i10 and the Fiat Panda Cross. We think, uh, but given that this is, I like the Argo anyway. Um, I have uh, fond memories of Argos having had a go in a few of them over the years, and they're surprisingly pokey. Um, what do we think? And a, a, a suburban, suburban crossover, mini crossover. I don't know. Yeah, uh,
1: really just a, a dinky crossover SUV that is just slightly taller and roomier than its uh, current hatchback uh, predecessor for it and um, Toyota has described it as new generation uh, for accessible fun and style um, there are quite a few kind of similar um small city cars that are offering their kind of like jacked up suv inspired ones you obviously mentioned um, the t- Toyota uh, as well as the Fiat Panda as well there uh, Suzuki Ignis as well um, good shout potentially yeah it's, for it as well. it's quite it is actually quite Suzuki
0: Ignis because that yeah. ignis that ignis is like hey that's a that's a 4x4 four four, but left in the tumble dryer too long like that's yeah. kind of what that yeah no that's true that's a that's a very good comparison
1: yeah i, I get the feeling that's not this isn't quite going to be the 4x4 four four, which is a little bit of a shame because i would possibly like a little bit more competition for the panda out there mm. um, led headlights looking very smart uh, i do like the bold creases that they've got on the bumpers as well plenty plenty of black plastic cladding the wheel arches uh, front and back um their interior yeah, yeah as you correctly said no real frills on it there um i do like the black x uh and the kind of the colored trim on the upholstery it looks really smart but the main dashboard for me it really looks like you've lost one of the lenses at your oakley sunglasses <laughs> uh, for it but you know what for under fifteen thousand pounds this this is good yeah i don't think there's too much there, and there is also a um, uh, a soft top. Well, not quite soft top um, version as well available as well, isn't there?
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah kind of the, the quite... French style zippy yeah. back. Not really sure why anyone would do it, but it's an it's a, it is an interesting little car. I think they've the iGo is clearly coming to the end of life. They did release that. I think they called it a prologue concept that came out before. Um it's similar ish to that, nowhere near as wild. It does look definitely a lot more Igo than than the concept that was released. Mm. Uh, but that is not a good uh, that's not a good thing. Oh Freudian slip there. That is not a good thing. More cars should look like their concepts. Um but it's <laughs> it 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 is an interesting looking car. It is much more brutish. I think there is a a, a marked need for small urban city cars you know, the Japanese particularly have done it for years and years with their key cars or Kai cars where they're just tiny little cars with tiny little engines that are brilliant for tiny little suburban Japanese streets, particularly the streets of Tokyo. Uh, mm. But they don't go amiss here, particularly in smaller cities and smaller towns where the parking spaces, and I shall tell you now as someone that drives two very large cars, the parking spaces are not getting bigger <laughs> in uh, in a lot of cases. I had to squeeze our Alfa Romeo Stelvio into a tiny little space the other day. Uh, I managed it, and I talked about it all afternoon because it was. I wore it as a badge of honour. But incredibly, uh, I'm getting completely sidetracked. The Igo X, uh, a nice update. I don't think anyone who buys this would be disappointed. I would if I was in the market for a teeny tiny little car. It is something I would consider. Uh, I'm not, but if I was, this would be this would be up there. Uh, and like you say, nice touches on the upholstery with a nice little diamond feel and all the yeah. little bits and the headdress and and what have you. Kind of a, and, a, a premium place to be.
1: Yeah, I do quite like the um, um, joystick gear stick as well. That's quite smart yeah. interior as well.
0: But yeah, they they're, do, they're yeah. doing well at the moment. I think Toyota are doing well. At the moment, uh, tell us what you think. Uh, are you in the market for a new tiny little car? Is the Igo X something that you would consider? Have you had an Igo in the past? And has this made you want an Igo in the future? Or uh, do you think all crossover, weird little things where basically they put bigger wheels, slightly hauncher arches on it with a bit of plastic trim, a complete and total waste of time? Uh, we promise you will find no judgment here apart from all the judgment that we regularly give people uh, for making wrong decisions, if I'm honest with you.
1: To be fair, we mostly do those off air, so... <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. We're very, very catty with the whole thing. We will do it exclusively where people can't uh, can't hear it and uh, won't judge us for it, which, ironically, um, is what we'll judge you on. So there we have it. Uh, the Igo X, tell us what you think. From the sublime to the ridiculous... <laughs> uh, the- <laughs> It's, there's there's always there's always a story uh so uh, the world of uh, electric mobility is constantly moving on and we're going to very quickly touch on a company called apollo now i hadn't i'd heard of apollo uh but that uh, you thought I, rocky i yeah. thought rocky yeah yeah uh little known fact i've never watched any of the rocky films i only know <gasps> I only yeah, I know I only know the popularized trivia so that I can appear to get by um, Apollo I found out today are the company formerly known as Gumpert and those of us who know Gumpert will know that these guys are serious about yeah serious about their cars uh, so just a quick nod from Apollo uh, this week it the China International Import Expo that's I mean that's there a was. proper yeah that's there you go there's a there's a name Um They revealed the E-Vision S, which is a luxury electric uh, saloon concept, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Mm. So they've been slowly going away from their internal combustion engine crazy cars of the past as they were as Gumpert. We don't know a lot about this car. We haven't seen the interior. They have told us that they are continuing the development of the new 800-volt, I guess, silicon carbide dual inverter incorporation with Japanese electronic components maker ROHM. Sexy. Uh, Basically, they're going to make real quick electric cars. I'm not going to bother with all the anachronisms and and all the rest of it that they're talking about, Um, but Apollo is very much making a play for the luxury EV market in the future. The E-Vision S will then be followed by the EVision X, which will be a luxury electric SUV to rival things like the EQS from Mercedes-Benz. Um, not bothered. I'll be honest with you guys. Yeah. It, it's just another luxury EV uh, coming the way of probably not us as a market. Um, and that's my entire thoughts on it i know that's really mean yeah. but what are the general what are the general thoughts on uh, on this you can tell i'm not interested in the in the slightest can't you it's not even hard to disguise
1: no the i don't ever want to see your faking it face um <laughs> i've got to be honest it does have a bit of a look of the uh the austin martin vantage about it and um, for it uh, it's going to be rival like for me you just hit the nail on the head of, it's the luxury, it's the higher end, it's the Audi e-tron GT, uh, the Porsche uh, uh, Taycan, uh, mm-hmm. as well as uh, the medlo- uh, uh, Tesla Model X. Put my teeth back in, I can probably see some of these. Um, but does anybody out there really want a fast, quiet, ultra-luxurious, sexy sedan-type car? Um, it's just another luxury brand out there um that's a bit of a money spinner they'll do a limited edition they'll rake in the cash and then they'll go off and do something else we really need to start companies uh getting producing affordable evs to the market
0: yeah i i completely agree it's it's news and it's interesting because gumpert were always quite interesting to me as producers Gunpet has
1: of, to be the worst name for something luxury it's german in it uh. Um
0: and they made incredible cars they, they're actually consultants to bmw audi and all these other types of, of companies from a motorsport perspective which is why when i found that apollo are essentially the incarnate uh, you know a further evolution of Gumpert. i believe money was was exchanged um that's interesting you know and evs are the i don't have a problem with the ev thing but as you say let's You know, affordable EVs, they're coming down the line and that's all good. This, as you say, looks very much Aston Martin-ish. I think it's got the front end of a Supra, middle end of an Audi, um, kind of GTE, Tron, uh, GTE, whatever it's called. Um, Just not bothered by it at all. But tell us what you think. Are you interested in the fact that these very niche manufacturers are turning out EVs? It kind of makes sense. You know, they turned out cars with normal engines. Now they've got to turn out cars with Uh, electric uh, capability, that makes sense. Um, Apollo have said that they are going to essentially provide this technology and be a supplier to other companies as well. So that also makes sense. Uh, I'm not going to waste any more time on this. I'm not bothered about it. Uh, I find it very hard to cover my disdain nowadays in stuff that I'm not interested in. So um... Yeah,
1: I can go, ooh, pretty, but that's kind of it. Right?
0: That's basically it. It's kind of like, wow, that's it. You know it's cool to look at if i saw one i'd be interested but i wouldn't do anything with it so there you go that's um that's my whole thing
1: hi other Stuart here you're tuning in to is it fast oh just, i miss my beard
0: i know i know just needed to interrupt my whinging there but what an exciting weekend of motorsport we were given on a Saturday evening and Sunday evening here in the UK, as the Grand Prix travelled to the Central Americas in the second edition of the Triple Header, first edition of the Triple Header, I should say. It was race one of three in a row, uh, the Grand Prix de la Ciudad de Mexico de la Gobierno. De Central Americanos. I made that last bit up, but it's not the Mexican Grand Prix anymore. It is the Grand Prix of Mexico City, uh, but took place. We had a winner that none of us were surprised by, I think, Mr. Max Verstappen. Uh, He took the number one slot after a poor qualifying uh, at the uh, Autodromo Hermanos de Rodriguez uh, in Mexico City. A beautiful, beautiful venue. Uh, then, uh, Lewis Hamilton coming second. Um, don't know how he held off, uh, Checo Perez in third, who had a absolute stormer. The crowd will go in absolutely mad. It was first Mexican to ever finish on a podium in the Grand Prix at his home, at a, a home Grand Prix for a Mexican. I'll get there in the end. First Mexican to finish on the podium at their home Grand Prix. There we go. Um, so it, does bring the title ever home, closer, ever closer home to uh, to Max. I think it's fair to say uh, we have now got Max in the lead with 312.5 points. Lewis, 230, 293.5. Uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, is still third in the championship after a horrendous, horrendous weekend on Sunday. He did so well in qualifying, finishing on pole. Uh, He's on 180 points. And then Checo, who finished third, is fourth overall in the championship on 165 points. So what a weekend. Did you manage to catch any of it or did it clash with Strictly for you?
1: Max uh, extending his leads um, to uh, 19 points. That is some going. Um, His pace was just electric, wasn't it? It was just really impossible for Mercedes to compete with. Even with Hamilton in second, it was some great driving. Uh, uh, to fend off uh, falling further down the podium. I, I do want to say that for me, it's, it's very much for happens to lose. 19 points sounds like a lot, um, but all it would really require is for uh, Max to finish outside of the point in one of the remaining la- races, mm. and, and Lewis can do it. Um, there are still, what is it, about uh, over 100 points still available to go in the final four rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's... So a lot of what uh, Hamilton's described as digging deep is required. <laughs> um he's also said uh their car's far superior this weekend. There was nothing we could really do about it. I gave it absolutely everything. I believe that. Uh, yeah, he's not making excuses, which which is obviously positive to hear. There's nothing worse, whatever sport you watch. Um uh, but right now it's not looking good uh, for Hamilton and an eighth championship.
0: It's not. Um I think there's a lot of things to dissect, and I'm, I won't dissect them all. But, and we'd love to hear what you think at home, but the the start, considering it was a Mercedes front row lockout, I think they possibly could have done better. I think there was a bit of miscommunication. Valtteri held off a little bit to let uh, Lewis through when it looked like Lewis was going to take it. It's not unheard of for the second grid, whoever's finishing third, uh, starting third, to absolutely tear along get the slipstream it's the 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 cleaner side of the of the grid and smash through we've seen it a few times it does make max this victory in 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 mexico does make max the single most successful driver at the mexican grand prix Mm -hmm. no one's won it as many times as him now which is interesting um everybody knew that this was going to be a strong race for red bull because of the setup of the car the fact that it does perform well Frankly, at (laughs) altitude, I mean, it's something like 2,000 plus meters above sea level, Mexico City. Makes the air thinner, makes it harder for cars to drive, makes them warmer. I mean, there was a lot of chatter on the radio of tires getting super warm, cars having to spend, take two or three seconds back from each other just to cool everything down, which is always really interesting. It is the first of a triple header. Uh, We're moving on to Brazil, which again is traditionally quite a good Red Bull circuit. So, let us know what you think. I'm with you, Stu. I think it's Max's to lose now. That said, Lewis is Lewis Hamilton. There yeah. is such a strong it does it, it, it change. I mean, look at you know Valtteri would have had a much better race if he wasn't spun out, but uh, in you know turn one, so the, it, everything changes super super quickly. But we're getting to the very very pointy end of the season. We're getting very very much near being able to crown a champion we'd love to hear what you think at home who is going to take home the title is it going to be lewis is it going to be max how are the teams going to get on in brazil and then if you're feeling really fruity tell us how the teams are going to get on when they make to qatar for the third in the triple header i think Mm -hmm. uh do you know what we're getting close enough to the end of the season now i think it's max's yeah i think it's for
1: me it's not Lewis is running out of answers or things like that. It's mm. simply Mercedes have really failed to keep up with the Red Bull engineering and technology. And that that's kind of it. They are yes. two extremely talented drivers, but uh, yeah, this season's Max's.
0: It is, I think yeah. so, I think so. But if you are wanting to keep up with absolutely everything that's going on, not just in the F1 championship, but in your favourite motorsport championships and disciplines across the world and across two and four wheels, then we have got the app for you. Results Hub, all motorsport results, all in one place. And now there's an app. Take results with you on the go as we bring you the latest standings from championships around the world. And there's more. Use the app to see who is racing and where with our handy calendar feature. Download the app now. Results Hub, all motorsport results, all in one place. That's right results hub the motorsport the motorsport app that brings the all motorsport motorsport oh mate oh, what is wrong with me uh, brings all motorsport results all in one place it's completely free download it on your ios mobile device right now or go to the website where you can sign up completely for free make a profile which means you can add your favorite motorsport disciplines and keep up with them not just in terms of results and what's coming next but there is a handy calendar feature which means you can see what is coming up across all of your favorite motorsport disciplines. And I can reveal that in 2022, it's only going to get better. We were talking today with the guys at Results Hub who were making big and significant plans for the app next year. I won't...
1: Oh, we on can't their tell, bomb can
0: I? no no, no I, sh- I shall not fill their conflicts full of unwanted liquid but uh we we can reveal that there's gonna be awesome amounts of stuff to do with the app next year and a lot more interaction with your favorite championships as well I shall leave it at that I can say no more and I shall say no more but it's going to be pretty cool but we're gonna stick with the f one theme uh, as we go on to Our favorite time. What time is that, Stu?
1: It's TikTok time.
0: It's TikTok time. That's right. Every single week, we scour the internet to bring you the latest from the world of watches. We love wearing things on our wrist. And this week is no different as Tag Heuer uh, announced this week uh, that to celebrate 30 years of Ayrton Senna, becoming the youngest three-time world champion they have released this so uh the chronograph i think it is uh, but it is a tag hoyer formula one Senna special uh because on the 3rd of november 1991 that was when uh in a torrential downpour at adelaide uh, in australia uh, it was at and Senna's time to become the youngest ever three-time world champion uh, which is absolutely crazy uh, when you look back at it uh so Tag Heuer have released this. Obviously, uh, Tag and the Senna brand have been synonymous with each other since 1988, I think. So the uh, relationship has been going for a long, long time. But this is a beautiful piece. Uh, it is uh, on a nice, uh, beautiful strap, uh, which uh, is uh, extraordinary. Is synonymous with the strap that Senna wore himself. Uh, and nice quartz movement on there as well. Uh i don't believe it is a limited edition run but it is going to cost you in the region of 1900 pounds that's 2300 us dollars for those of you across the pond uh it's a beautiful piece and what do we think of this
1: oh this is just absolutely beautiful playing on the signature black and yellow nod to the uh, the driver's um helmet obviously his, uh Brazilian roots as well with it. I love the matted black steel. and The yellow just works so, so well today there. uh, sternly, uh sorry, sturdy, stainless steel uh, for it. Uh, and even just the uh, the back of the watch, which not a lot of people get to see. Obviously, having the, the etched kind of logo of his helmet there, a Special Edition on there, it, it's just beautiful. And I don't think for £1,900, it's, that's not bad. I think it's very good value.
0: Yeah, well, Tag Tag like to introduce the world of F1 to watch ownership at what they call an affordable rate. And to be fair, given the amount of time, effort, the lineage, the um, ceremony that their F1 range bring, I think 1,900 quid is a good starting point. Uh, As you say, it is very sturdy. It does look like a sports watch, I think it's fair to say. But... Overall, nicely done. There's a number of Senna branded watches in the Hoyer collection, the Tag Hoyer collection, um, and I think each of them has their own personality. And this is a, a worthy, worthy celebration of 30 years since Ayrton managed to achieve what is just, cr- you know, incredible. He's he's a you know he's a legend. Um, just a style and a substance that I don't think will ever be beaten, uh, and the watch does that quite nicely, and do you know what? It doesn't scream Senna too much, it doesn't scream F1 yeah. too much, it's as you say, the back of the watch does a great job of, of uh, commemorating uh, Ayrton's life and achievements uh, and, and this achievement particularly side note, on the backs of watches mm. have you noticed over the last few TikToks that there does seem to be across manufacturers, they're starting to really utilize what sometimes was an underused space because you think traditionally, well, the back of the watch ain't no one going to see it.
1: Yeah. But it's nice
0: for us, isn't it?
1: It is nice, yeah. It's part of the full package um, of it as well. Um, it'd be nice and easy on, if there was a special edition watch, to so just going to put, yeah, this is number blah, blah. Yeah. But you're giving a little bit more detail on it. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's just nice for us watch aficionados
0: it is it is every yeah. now and again i enjoy i enjoy it i think it's nice and it's something that feels very special because it's something when you put that it, you know it's kind of like your pants do you know what i mean like you you, you wear a nice pair of pants hey most people aren't going to see them it's just a little something for you the back of a watch is like that isn't it it's something nice just for you that only you will see when you get back to your bedroom because a little bit
1: of yeah a little bit of lace and kind of <laughs> thrill and yeah. Things like that. yeah yeah that's it. yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah, I'm not sure where this is going, and I'll stop it before it goes any further. Uh, but this is the uh, anniversary, 30th anniversary of Ayrton Senna becoming the youngest three-time world champion in F1, brought to us by Tag Heuer. Tell us what you think. Will this be your first ever F1-themed watch? Are you already a collector of Tag Heuer F1 and Ayrton Senna-themed watches, and will this be added to your ever-growing collection. Really interested to know what you think. Uh, I'm not going to buy one. Stu's probably not going to buy one either. Uh, but, do you know what? Of all the watches we see on here, yes, and you are
1: sporting. Yeah.
0: This is this is the Ayrton Senna commemorative Corinthians football top. Am I it, correct in thinking
1: it that? It is absolutely right, yes. Um, he was, obviously, a very proud uh, Brazilian as well as he loved his football as much as his F1. Uh, Corinthians was his team and the released a limited edition shirt with his signature on the front uh, and I'm sporting it today. Yeah,
0: it looks great. Thank you. Find me a Brazilian that doesn't like football. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Because they're bloody good at it. Uh, But there we go. Tell us what you think of Stu's shirt and the tag Heuer uh, (laughs) that we've just been talking about. Moving on to current affairs. Every now and again, we do perform the act of very serious journalists uh, where we bring you news that might actually change the world that we live in from an automotive perspective. And this week, uh, I wasn't going to do this because I didn't realize because, you know, uh, more of a chip shop newspaper reader myself. Uh, But we have got news. (laughs) Not entirely sure what I meant by that. Uh, But we do have news from uh, a company called Connected Curb, Is Connected that right? Curb, yes. Look at that! What a genius! Oh yeah, it's right there in big letters on the video that we just started playing. Connected Curb. Uh, so Connected Curb this week, uh, they gave us uh, quite an interesting press release. They have promised uh, 190,000 new public on-street electric car chargers. Uh, so Connected Curb, they have been around for a few years. They have been uh, slowly adding a number of. Uh, electric vehicle recharge solutions to our streets by going around local councils uh, here in the UK uh, and tendering for uh, for the for the right to do so. And they've been doing very well and they look pretty good. Uh, so uh, they are, uh, as part of this leveling up uh, EV charging across the UK, 190,000 new public on-street chargers will be available by 2030. That is what they're pledging. It's an unprecedented rollout, requires 1.9 billion billion or up to 1.9 billion pounds of investment to provide EV charging for the tens of millions of drivers who don't uh, have off-street parking. So if you don't have a driveway or a garage space where you can install your own charger for your electric vehicle and plug it in, it's pretty hard to charge your own electric vehicle. Um, But this is a solution to that. So uh, new partnerships for tens of thousands uh, of or, or, or charges confirmed in 2021 alone, 30,000 in the pipeline for 2022. Um, connected Curb won the tender with West Sussex uh, in the largest ever deployment by a UK local authority, plus thousands more charges announced across Kent, uh, Milton Keynes, Coventry and Cambridge. So big, big news. They they reckon 190,000 charges uh, will be available by 2030 for those of us without a driveway to charge our electric uh, vehicle. Uh, interestingly, uh, I like the name of their charging products. Have you seen this? Oh,
1: go go! So on.
0: They, they sell or they have three separate charging devices, so essentially outdoor chargers. Uh, one's called a Gecko, the other one's called a Limpet, and the third one's called the Armadillo. And I just enjoy that hugely. I'd love to know why they are called that. Um, yeah. But good news, right? I mean, this is one of the big things. If you haven't got a driveway, uh, you can't charge your electric car. But this is the solution to that. And you can see that companies are making moves to do it. What do we reckon?
1: Yeah, great. Um, I'm delighted that um, companies like Connected Car are getting involved in this. 190,000, where it sounds like a real significant number. Apparently it's still just about a 10th of the total number that public chargers are being called for by the car industry itself. Um, there does seem to be a little bit of um, disparity uh, between um, what the government say there should be, what the car industry say there should be. Um, the competitions and markets authority has said that there should be a requirement of about just under half a million by 2030. Um but this is the issue that people have had with EV cars from day one. The cost of the car itself, the battery cell life, charging time, and where your charging points are going to be. Now, some of these are being addressed, uh, and thanks to kind of Connect Curb, they are kind of doing doing their bit, but there's still some other parts that are some way to go. Uh and twenty thirty is not that far away. Isn't it? <laughs> it's quite well, scary. Yeah. <laughs> quite scary. Now, we're only looking about eight years and well, yeah that's it that's yeah. not a lot of time
0: yeah we are pushing this infrastructure uh, as as we go out you know cop 26 is is still happening and there's there's lots of developments in in the uh, generally in the world to try and make everything more sustainable and better for the ozone layers um which is completely and totally right um if you don't like that statement then feel free to send us hate mail at P.O. Box, naff off. Um, it is just a reality. The world is getting warmer, and cars contribute to that as much as a lot of other things I know. Um, and I guess electric cars are a solution to that. But, yes, we need to be able to charge them up. Um, it's 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 tough, isn't it? Because no one really knows the answer. We know the infrastructure isn't there at the moment. We know that not everyone has a driveway. We know that it's... it's difficult to deal with it but I think it's important to realize Moore's law isn't that the thing where technology mm-hmm. and and ability gets che- gets cheaper and quicker and half the size uh, every year uh, and we are you know if you look at what's available now compared to what was available just 5 years ago it is night and day uh, so fair play well done to connected curb um well done on winning all those tenders we know that writing tender documentation is a proper pain in the backside so just getting through that process fair play um but i look forward to seeing one of the 600 that are being installed around kent uh over the next little while uh i think that was the number 2021 600 were installed across the home county of is fast uh, so mm. that is uh good news so there you go if you want to charge up your car on the street uh we should do like easier. a team
1: yeah we should do like a team selfie with <laughs> <laughs> and send a picture to uh, the good people at connected curb
0: we do you know what we will the very next time yeah. uh we see a connected curb product whether it's the limpet the gecko was it the gecko the
1: limpet yeah, or the armadillo <laughs> or
0: the yeah. armadillo we'll uh we'll get a we'll get a selfie with it we promise but but you know what fair play innovation really is the mother of innovation so well done we're going to go on a completely different tangent now. We're going to get super du- super duper luxury. Uh, who doesn't like going on a luxury boat? Um, oh. I know I do. We uh. love luxury birds. Um, so if you have missed, and I wouldn't blame you if you did, if you've missed the Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> sometimes I wonder, if you've yeah. missed the Fort Lauderdale boat show, which happened at the end of October, where were you? where were you guys You're crazy not, not
1: Fort Lauderdale Yeah,
0: not Fort Lauderdale uh Fort Lauderdale uh, for those of you who don't know is a mecca for super yachts which is why they host a annual show there talking about the latest in the yachting world and this year whoosh they were talking about this uh, this is a bit of a it's a bit of a pin-up poster girl really for the mm. uh, super yacht world because it's quite a beautiful thing this is the latest from Dutch manufacturer fed ships uh yard I think they call it uh in das Nederlander, uh and this is called boardwalk Mm-mm. after boardwalk empire treading the boardwalk I don't know but it's a cool name uh stretching 252 foot from the very pointy bit at the front uh is that the bow uh, all the way to the triple Ster- deck stern sterns at the back uh, I know that one yeah
1: sterns at the back yeah.
0: yeah um this is as i say boardwalk it's a beautiful ship we haven't seen the interior i'm not entirely sure what it looks like but we do know we do know who's bought it so we do know who it belongs to do you know who it belongs to stu
1: as i know christmas is coming up is it me <laughs>
0: nah no. sorry i couldn't quite stretch to however much this costs Um oh God. this i dread to think yeah. this belongs to U.S. billionaire um, U.S. billionaire Tillman Fertitta who is known for I think he owns more than this but the over 500 restaurants of the much-loved Bubba Gump Shrimp Company chain. So the guy that I know, right? So the guy that owns Bubba Gump is the guy that has bought this. He also owns another apparently he owns another uh, ship called West Ship. And he also calls that boardwalk. It's 164 I'm sorry. foot.
1: If he's not writing Jenny on the side of that boat, I know. I'm going to be <laughs> extremely disappointed.
0: I know. I know. So you really need to see this boat to believe it. Um, it is incredible. Um, it's got 14 knot cruising speeds, apparently, with a, a pair of... MTU V sixteen engines, which will get you up to 17.5 knots top speed, but it cruises at 14 knots. It's got a 154,400 litre tank.
1: Jeez, oh that, that's just absolutely crazy. Um it's do you know its tonnage?
0: I don't know its displacement uh, tonnage.
1: Unbelievable. 1848 gross tonnage that is unbelievable that's uh, a big ship. yeah, yeah on, on the ranking of the largest yachts in the world uh the boardwalk super yacht is listed at 197th so barely makes the top 200 isn't that crazy this boat is yeah. massive the
0: ship is massive you know the inside is going to look absolutely banging i want to see the inside of this as soon as we can Yeah. um we're not one for super yachts i mean we've shown a fair few on the show uh, certainly on the pod but it is just testament to human engineering. We do celebrate motorized human engineering on the show. And it is a beautiful vessel, if nothing else. It is a beautiful vessel. Um, and you know what? I think I might own a little bit of this, considering I have eaten a Bubba Gump quite a few t- times when I've been up and around the world. Uh, so I own some, possibly a square meter of this. But this is a boardwalk from... <laughs> this is boardwalk from... Dutch manufacturer fed ship. Tell us yeah, you, what you think.
1: You can't really imagine this uh, obviously being from Netherlands that someone's going to be able to take this up and down the canals of Amsterdam where you're on your stag.
0: Nah, it's, it's not happening. just a bit <laughs> huge. Yeah. It is a bit huge. But fair play. It's a beautiful bit of craftsmanship. Uh, very lucky man uh, to, to, to be able to sail around in her. Uh, but tell us in the comments, tell us what you think. Is this somewhere you would like to holiday? If you ended up somehow being a billionaire, would you buy this back? Um, I'm not convinced, but there we go. I think it's a lovely, lovely thing. Uh, And uh, if it was ever moored in a dock near me, I would certainly look at it and go, ooh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's as far as I would go. Before we leave you all to get on with your days, dinners, evenings, and other such activities, uh, we will end the show with this rather... Interesting bit of news that I tell you now could only come out of the United States. So I'm going to hand over to my cool anchor at ABC7. Listen to this. The mysterious jetpack man spotted near LAX and across parts of LA may not have been a man at all. New images from recent incidents released by LAPD appears to show an inflatable
1: balloon resembling Jack Skellington from the film Nightmare Before Christmas. POLICE RELEASED PHOTOS AND VIDEO FROM A SIGHTING OVER THE HOLLYWOOD HILLS AND CENTURY CITY. THE FBI SAYS ITS AGENTS WORKED CLOSELY WITH THE FAA TO INVESTIGATE REPORTS OF THE jetpack MAN IN THE L.A. AREA. THEY BELIEVE PEOPLE LIKELY SAW BALLOONS, NOT A REAL MAN. <laughs>
0: uh, I MEAN, ONLY, uh, ONLY IN AMERICA. But-
1: this is probably If we can give a little bit of background on this, so it was about late July, uh, early August this year. Um, a Boeing seven four seven pilot, so a guy who probably should have his kind of wits about him, was reported <laughs> seeing an object that resembled a jet pack. About um, man with a jet pack about fifteen miles east of LAX, an altitude about five thousand feet. He was he was said to tell the airport uh, traffic controllers, "We've just passed a guy on a jet pack." So the idea of jetpack guy became very notorious around LA with lots of witnesses claiming that they'd seen this guy. Uh, well worth pointing out at this point that they've obviously legalized it in LA. If you don't know what that means, kids ask your mum and dad. Um, but when well, he blaze, all <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exactly. Um, no, the, the, the clip has really just become infamous with this human like figure soaring over the skies. LA is pretty infamous for its traffic problems. So this could be the answer. Um, People immediately blaming Elon Musk uh, for wanting to replicate the, the Disney movie, The Rocketeer. <laughs> so yeah. essentially, we thought we were getting Iron Man. We've really just got Foil Man. It was <laughs> a balloon.
0: When you fantastic. see... It's right. Yeah. There's no... Now, fair enough. If you're on the ground and you look up, I can see... Or if you yeah. go past it quickly in a in a plane, fine. But when you look at the imagery that the... Um, LEPD picked up from their helicopter.
1: Yeah,
0: there is no way that, like, that is Jack Skellington looking at you all day, all day. And it's so funny because you can just imagine people losing their absolute minds over this. And then they go, Oh, now, mate, it's Jack Skellington. But God bless America and all who sail in her because it is just so
1: odd. Like, it just doesn't happen here. (laughs) The the FBI were investigating this. This is phenomenal. (laughs) Do you think that this means that the card factory is now a terrorist organization <laughs> in the eyes of the FBI <laughs> oh. I And mean, it should be if it isn't so, so sorry to health your... warning. yeah so sorry to bust your balloon here, Stu. uh it's not a guy on a jetpack it's I'm not sorry.
0: a guy in a jetpack but there you go the One more jet... thing. yeah yeah
1: <laughs> what did the nightmare before Christmas tree say before it was felled Don't Tim know. Burton
0: Oh no! Oh. That is awful. Oh come on! A bit early for Christmas cracker jokes, isn't it?
1: it was a bit. Or too yeah. late for Halloween jokes? Depends where you feel for that film.
0: That's true. We've kind of Ooh. slotted in between the uh, the cracks there. But there you go. Uh, <laughs> floaty, oh, yeah. what was it? Jetpack man? Was that what they were calling yeah. it? Yeah, jetpack
1: man or jetpack guy. Yeah, jetpack the, the, guy.
0: Jetpack guy. it Don't worry, folks. It's not real. It is, in fact, just uh, Jack Skeleton. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. But that does bring to a conclusion another week here on Is It Fast Live, the weekly magazine program where we handpick some of the stories from the last seven days that have tickled our fancy, or in Stu's case, tickled his mustache as he grows it. For Movember, remember to please donate what you can and share our content with those who you feel may also donate because every little helps every Mo can save a bro, no matter what that Mo is, uh, regardless of what's going on on your face. Uh, But thank you. I want to point this out It's nine days. It's nine days. Admittedly, you do grow an extraordinarily good mustache. I don't, which is why I never do it. I just hand the cash over and make videos with you just to make sure that we do our bit. Uh, yeah. But please do donate can where can you, you please, can. Please
1: qualify this. I just hide you cash and make videos. Come on, mate. Uh, <laughs> this is not what we want going over here.
0: But it is not massively massively (laughs) inaccurate. Uh, So there we go. Thank you very much for watching and or listening wherever you are. Please do jump on board. Tell us what you think of what we've spoken about today. What would you like to see on Is It Fast in the future? Maybe we might read it. We might not, but we probably will. And remember to follow us on your social media platform of choice to keep up with all the latest news, reviews and interviews from everything going on here at Is It Fast, where we cover not just what we talk about on the show but also live motorsport chats with some of the most influential and interesting people in from the world of automotive and motorsport and we bring you all sorts of weird and wonderful things between uh, there's some s- crazy stuff going out on is it fast tv over the next few weeks so please do follow us but until such time that we speak to you again thank you very very much for watching or listening and donate to movember thank you very much and bye-bye. Bye now.
1: Go, 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 go.